like it feels stress-free fun so far. And it's going to be, the stress is coming. Stress is definitely coming. But that was what was so fun about yesterday. It was a, it had all the thrills and excitement of a, and all the, of a big game and a game day, but without actually any stress that they were going to lose the game, which may be the platonic ideal of a game day. For the second time in three weeks, ESPN College Game Day came to Athens, and once again, the Georgia Bulldogs rose to the occasion and turned a hyped-up top-ranked matchup into a no-doubter easy victory as the Dogs roll into their off week, sitting at 7-0 and is the number one team in the nation, and it feels so good. Hey there, my name is Scott Duvall, and you're listening to episode 286 of the Waiting Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm joined today via Zoom by my two co-hosts, Will Leach and Tony Waller, as we share our thoughts on the Georgia victory over Kentucky. This will be our only show this week, as we too are going to take the week off with the Bulldogs, but we will be back on the 26th or 27th with our big Georgia-Florida preview show. And before we begin, we'd like to thank our podcast partner, Restaurants and Bar, El Barrio, The Pine, and The Root Basement Bar for sponsoring this episode. With the fall weather setting in this week, what better time than to go sit outside for a nice lunch at El Barrio, have that date night with your significant other at the Pine Bar, or head for some happy hour drinks at the Root Basement Bar. All three are conveniently located in beautiful Five Points in Athens. And now, without any further delay, here's Will to kick things off. Welcome to the WSLS post-game podcast after the... I don't remember what the score was. 30 to 13. Is that what it turned out to be? 30 to 13. Uh, Georgia over Kentucky. That's who that was. Uh, the second game day, the real game day, I think we can all admit now. As always, I am here with Tony Waller. But as, a, as a special surprise today, not only are we on video, because ordinarily we just do this over the phone, because I never really trust uh, the what, what's what, what area of Oconee are you in, uh, uh, Tony? It's like, is it is it West Oconee, North Oconee, East Oconee? No. South, South Dakota. Dakota. I was, yeah. there's a, there were four. I was going to get to one of them. Uh, ordinarily, we don't always do it because we're always worried about the connection. But today we have a special guest. And by a special guest, I mean the third host of the podcast, Scott <laughs> Duvall, who is here, who does, who does not always come with us on the postgame show, but is here today because it's an off week. And so we're not going to do like a longer show this week. We're going to take a little break this week. We're going to gear back up for the second uh, for the second half or second third or third, third, however you want to put it. Uh, but Georgia won 30 to 13 yesterday. Uh, pretty entertaining uh, afternoon all around. Definitely felt like a real game day in a way that the that one a couple of weeks didn't uh, go. It was homecoming. But let's talk about the game first off. Tony, what were your major takeaways from the way Georgia played yesterday? Um, you know, I tweeted during the game that this, uh, we're finally seeing the game where Georgia punches themselves in the crotch. And We'll talk about that last drive, the 11 minute uh, drive that Kentucky put together in the timeout in a few minutes. But depending on how you want to look at that, um, it was still a thorough domination. Georgia didn't do anything fancy, I don't think. I, I felt like we played extraordinarily vanilla on defense because we knew we could, uh, with the exception of a couple of blitz packages we threw in just to see what would happen. Uh, frankly, we were pretty plain on offense as well. Um, it felt like from the get go that Georgia felt like Georgia coaches felt like this was a game they could control the game flow of, uh, which they did. And you know, I um, I was trying to figure out whether or not how I, whether I felt Kentucky was for real or a product of their schedule in a lot of breaks. Um, I think Kentucky's for real. I think they're the second best team in the East, and I'm not uncomfortable in saying they might be the fourth best, maybe even the third best team in the conference. 
Um, I, I think that's probably still up for debate a little bit, but they are they are an impressively good football team. And what Stoops has done with those transfers in Levis and Robinson and uh, the running back, whatever, I can't remember his name right now. Rodriguez? Um, Rodriguez, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Rodriguez, and he's not transfer, but he uh, what he's doing with them offensively, because they literally are, that's, that, that's their offense. And uh, what they're doing offensively is really impressive. That's why they've been doing it. They just have a little more skill talent. Uh, and their defense is really good. I mean, you know, we... When you when you go out there, run forty seven plays, average eight yards a play, uh, do about the same passing uh, and rushing as far as a per a yards per play average. Um, it's hard to overlook just how impressive it is um, when when you see other teams around the country struggling. Number two, Iowa, and um, you you also realize that there was never a point in this game after midway through the first quarter where it felt like Georgia was really in real trouble. I, I, I realized it was zero zero at the end of the first quarter, but those are just details at this point, especially considering where the game flow was going. Yeah. To me, it never felt uh, in doubt, even, you know, at halftime 14 to seven, it was one of those typical Auburn games that we've had in the past 10 years where you're beating Auburn and it's close, but you don't really feel that nervous. Um, Tony, I'm with you. I thought their defense was surprisingly good. I thought it was all smoke and mirrors. Uh, you know, we mentioned how they, they scored against Florida uh, when they beat them with the block kick and the return, but yeah, they were, they were pretty good. Um, their offense was interesting because it was complete misdirection all game. And it took maybe about the third or fourth quarter before Georgia really started sniffing those out. Uh, especially that that uh, one, I guess it was in the fourth quarter where Nicobe Dean just completely was like, all right, Levis, I know what you're doing. You're going to run to the run to the right. You're going to throw it back to the left and I'm going to sniff it out and tackle the guy for a loss. I think one of the reasons why Georgia did not score in the 40s this game was uh, their third down efficiency. And this game was pretty bad. I think they were two for seven. Um, and that's what stunted some of the drives, if you ask me. But, you know, if you're going to have and I'm going to use air quotes here, a stinker of a, of a game. And I mean that I tread lightly with saying that because they played very well, but you know, we're going to nitpick here on the post game. And if you're going to have one of those games where you just kind of have bits and starts, I'd say to win the way they did 30 to 13, this is pretty good. And I know we'll get into it, but that last score at the end of the game, it would have been super awesome and the crowd was just so into it, like with three seconds left in, in a, a game where they're just trying to score a touchdown. We're all trying to keep them out. It would have been great to keep them out. But to get another blocked extra point to kind of set the standard for other teams to have to worry about legitimately for their field goal kickers and their extra points later in the season. I don't know if y'all saw it, but there's a clip where Jordan Davis and Devontae Wyatt put that guy on skates. I mean, it looks like he was, you know, literally had ice skates on, pushed him back into the backfield and that blocked a field goal. But all in all, I had a great time, as I always do, in Sanford Stadium. And, uh, you know, looking forward to the week off. And then uh, we can really get down to business after this. Yes, yeah, Scott, I'm glad you brought up the third down efficiency because it really did feel like either Georgia was going three or out or they were going on six play drives where they never got the third down. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what the SP, SP plus numbers do with that. I looked at a couple other places where Georgia's um, efficiencies were, were pretty and success rate were pretty high, despite going four of seven. When you only run 47 plays and only have uh, seven, you only face seven third downs, you can still convert half of them. 
or I guess two of what two of seven, right? Um, it still looks still looks pretty good. And I'm glad you brought up that play where he put he pushed the guys back. They pushed the guy backwards because it was just like he. It's just unfair. Um, so, but I also should we talk about the last touchdown and that very very impressive drive? <laughs> but just kind of get my my general thoughts on this before because I would like to talk about that last drive. I mean, what do we always talk about? The, when the clunkers, I think it's the Dan Rubenstein thing on solid verbal, when you're clunkers. Um, if this is the clunker where, again, Kentucky's even has been really good this year, by the way. I think there's this weird idea that, like, George's offense really struggled. Like, George, like that's, Kentucky's a good defense, and George scored a ton of points and probably could have scored more. Like, the idea that, like, this like this is – that's a any other team in the SEC in, in football would feel scoring that many points against Kentucky would be very exciting and very good and what a great performance. It's a team like Kentucky who scored a bunch of points against a lot of teams – had it not been for that last drive, which again was impressive and had the timeout and so on. So you had seven points. <laughs> like, like the, the, this, what this seems to me, depending on how you count the Clemson game, which feels almost like it exists out of space and time now, the way things have changed so much sort of since then. Uh, since we've been the, oh, wow, Georgia has really got this. This feels like the worst game that they played. And the game was never in doubt against a team that is is that seems to me a top 15 team. I don't think any question. I think they've they've earned that spot probably more than I thought probably thought they had going into this game. And the game was they they dominate. Like the, the game was never in question. You were never worried. Even after the first quarter, it was zero zero. It was clear like, oh, they're going to score on like next one of the next two plays and then just kind of like kind of take over. That is what happened. So I did not think they were completely sharp. Kirby smart. Didn't seem to think they were completely sharp after the game either, which I thought was interesting, particularly he had something very interesting about that block field extra point, actually that he kind of talked about. He thinks Georgia could have taken it back the other way, but one of the players was celebrating and therefore got in the way of his lane to take it the other way. That is perfection. <laughs> That's insistence on perfection. When you're you're mad that you did not, someone got in the way of t- running the the blocked extra point in a thirty to thirteen game back at the end of the game. That I, I don't know if there's a spread issue there or not. Uh, but more to the point, like I didn't think Georgia played that great, and they dominated a really really good team that I was impressed by. And I think you can make an argument is the third or fourth best team in the SEC. And uh, for Kentucky to be there, you almost feel bad for Kentucky because if this is like 2014, they're winning the SEC East. Like there are like the weak point of the like this is what they people were taking advantage of when Georgia was not where they are now. This is where the year where the Kentucky would do it, and Stoops would be considered a golden god for have wanting the won the SEC East. Unfortunately for him, he's running into this Georgia rather than that Georgia. Yeah, it's also interesting that Kentucky has the worst turnover um, uh, rate in the in the conference. I think they're negative eight, negative nine. Uh, it's interesting there were zero turnovers on either side. Which, if you kind of extrapolate that out, if Kentucky had turned the ball over more, like they have been doing, um, this game could have well been you know well in you know, closer to forty or, or above. Um, it also, I think you can look at that as inverse too. It's like some of these close games may not actually have been that close if they have uh, they they play a game as clean as they played against Georgia. Um and but we're we're also now officially in the every team's going to give Georgia their best shot mode and we're going to talk about Georgia Florida in a few minutes because what happened <laughs> in Baton Rouge last night yeah. but uh and thinking about what Kentucky did they didn't do anything fancy they they played the football game they wanted to play and that was actually that was actually the game the, the game that we talked about you know, it was like hey the path to victory is Kentucky Dominating time profession, possession and shortening the game. 
they did all of those things and had to call a timeout at the goal line with four seconds left to get to 13 points. And anybody that doesn't look at, I'm absolutely Kirby will, they will watch that 11 minute drive ad nauseum and figure out what happened on that drive. Um, but the reality is, it's like they, they scored 13 points and they needed every second of the clock to do it. Yeah, yeah. They needed more, almost more seconds than were actually left. <laughs> like they needed to, to, to maximize the opportunity to do that when Georgia was not maximize yep. the opportunity. Yep. And I, I thought Kirby Starr after the game talked about he didn't mind the stoop. I was I didn't think it was a big deal either. I don't think there was anything wrong with Stoop doing that. Like, like I, whatever, like you're Kentucky, like get your touchdown. Like you're facing the top defense in the country, the number one team. You're going to be like, they get style points. Like it looks good to score two touchdowns oh, yeah. on Georgia. Yeah. The idea that Stoops should, should like apologize for trying to score two touchdowns on Georgia on a beautiful day where I wasn't that eager to leave. It was gorgeous <laughs> out there. Like why was everyone so mad that they got to stay out there? I, I didn't mind it at all. Stoops is trying to make a sugar ball. That's what Stoops yeah. is trying to do. Also, he's a monster because I had Georgia covering. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And did y'all notice the over-under was 45? So if it weren't for those two blocked extra points, it would have pushed. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Crazy. It was a it was a it was a it twin at like 22 and a half or thereabout was the was the uh was the spread. Of course, we were we were at uh right at 23 points. So the touchdown <laughs> didn't matter. But yeah, no, I, I can't you can't absolutely stop them. You don't want to score, stop them. That's the game. Yeah, I, the and again, like the idea that Kentucky, like I'm sorry, are we're not just to be very clear, we're not Georgia fans complaining about Kentucky scoring unnecessary points on us, are we? I just want to make sure that's not actually what's happening here. I think we can live in a world where yeah, Kentucky should score the points. Also, he's acting like Ron Harson. So for Gus Malzahn, Uh, you brought up the extra point. Shout out to Ryan Skates, who pointed out on Twitter that uh, Podneski missed that PAT. And it was the first Georgia missed PAT since 2014. That's seven years. Seven years. And he points out, I think quite justifiably, that is not a streak you want running heading into like a national championship game or a playoff game. Let's get that out of the way. Let's get that miss out of the way. So we're not like, Oh, they never miss their PATs until they tie it up against Alabama in the national championship game. And then miss one. Then I'm, I'm pleased to have that, that streak over with. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see if uh, one of the announcers had mentioned that streak right before he, uh, right before he missed it, but it was super windy. So we'll just, Use that as an excuse. Yeah, certainly the tail the tailgate tents uh, uh, were very aware of the wind uh, situation. We were we were nailing them down quite. But yeah, but for me, like you know, this is we were talking before the game, but at the tailgate, Tony uh, from the other from the other podcasts. Or I wouldn't say competing podcasts. I just say other who was podcasts. It? Yeah, uh, we had Jeremy Attaway, uh, who's Dog Sports on Twitter, and Dave the Dog both stopped by. It's the first time they've stopped by us since the 2015 Alabama game. Uh, so we're very happy to see them. We appreciate nice them dudes. coming by. Nice dudes. Yeah. I enjoyed talking to those guys. Yeah, they're they're good cats. Uh, Jeremy is an attorney because he's a sports blogger. Uh, and, Megan, <laughs> and then Dave the Dog. It's a former weatherman and uh, now works for, I want to see Miami Day doing uh, GIS mapping. But uh, both good follows on Twitter. It was great to see both of them uh, and have them come by and, and speak. Yeah, we, I was talking, we were talking to them beforehand, and one of the things we were saying was that, like, and this is even before we knew what was going to happen with Florida later on, but, like, this is the game. Like, yesterday was the last game that really could hurt you. 
right? Like, like again, like I don't think they're going to lose to Florida after last night. I definitely don't think they're going to lose to Florida. But like uh, the loss yesterday, that would have hurt. <laughs> like that, you wouldn't be able to come back from that. And I think that speaks to this. This is the toughest game on Georgia's schedule. I think it's hard to argue until the SEC championship game. Georgia didn't play very well, at least compared to what we've got used to. And it was never in doubt. And it all came down to these little things we're talking about to not even covering on this massive spread during a game day. I think that speaks to kind of where they're at right now. Uh, you guys want to talk about the atmosphere at all? Because I thought it was pretty great. It was a awesome day. It was a little windy, but it was but it was like the weather was, it wasn't as hot as, uh, I was at Auburn, but I know it was very hot for a lot of people that went to Auburn. It felt like, didn't quite feel still fall. It's still this Illinois kid is still a little confused that it's this warm and it's almost Halloween. It definitely uh, felt fall, <laughs> but but it definitely felt the uh, for you guys. Okay. I'm sure this felt very fall, uh, but it, it felt closer uh, for that. It was really like an awesome day. Uh, the tailgate environment was great. The, uh, people were out, but it really felt. We know we've talked about you know not having any tailgates last year and how kind of like there's been some buildup and the first couple people were to be honest I felt the first couple games this year particularly the first one people were not entirely ready to be back tailgate wise quite understandably there's a pandemic going on but like the numbers are way down uh, right now the numbers are as down in Oconee and Clark counties Clark County right now as they have been since mid like early to mid July, like very, very low right now. And I think you could see it in people being out. This felt like last week, the other game day was noon. So it was a little bit of rush. This felt like the first true everybody out, everybody out enjoying themselves and having the tailgate. I I have to say the game was fun. I did feel like the tailgate environment was probably the most fun I've I've had in a couple of years. Yeah. uh, Getting to the tailgate environment in a moment, uh, Scott mentioned, the crowd at the end and it was i'd still say three quarters or more of the team uh, the fans were still there at the end of the game uh for that uh you know for that that goal line uh those goal line plays and uh there is a a a palpable pride that even the fans take in george's defense uh and you know hey we got another wave and uh love that yeah. I also, am, uh, I know I used to hate the wave, but you know what? When they're doing a video review for three minutes, yeah, do the wave, yeah. <laughs> like do yeah. the wave. Yeah, I'm, I'm a yeah. <laughs> the Tennessee fans would like to have the be able to do the wave during the review. Um, so the <laughs> that I'm sorry, somebody whoever whoever tweeted at me saying they missed the first down by a finger. You sir are winning Twitter. You win. Um, you won. Yeah, but um. The, the other thing, I think that was, I think it was Scott on the WSL podcast website. I mean, uh, Twitter. Yeah, people thought that you had um, taken over the Twitter account. It was fair. It was fair that you would think that. Um, so, but the, the crowd, I think the crowd was really good. I think some of the folks that, that were around us in the tailgate were refugees from uh, Myers Quad, but uh, it still was, was pretty packed up in there. It was glorious weather. It was a bit windy. We had to take the tailgate tents down unless they blow away, uh, as somebody that's biased did. And uh, it was, you know, I had to leave to go to the law school tailgate and saw a ton of uh, a ton of folks that are listeners up there. Uh, and we had 650 people. It's the first major law school event we've had, uh, like actual law school event in, uh, on campus uh, since the pandemic started. And it was a lot of fun to get up there to see everybody. It was uh, I think people were from the get go were invested in this game. And this is the fun part about being six and oh, now seven and oh, is that 
you're seeing people showing up and yelling as opposed to showing up. We I, 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 there are times where people have have commented that George is a, a wine and cheese uh, uh, fan base. Not showing that this year. Talking about the tailgate, uh, brought the whole family out. You know, my wife and my daughter don't really go to many of the games, but they were excited to be out there tailgate. My my favorite part, a personal part of it, was a buddy of mine, a fraternity brother who lives out in Palm Springs, flew in just for this game. I hadn't seen him in years. And it's just one of those types of things. Sure, it's homecoming. And it felt like a homecoming vibe. And it's almost like I was excited we were having a 3.30 game. But at about 2.30, 2.45, I was wishing it was a 5.30 kickoff because I was having so much fun just talking to people, yeah. seeing Will, seeing Robert Wolf. By the way, shout out to Robert Wolf, one of the most accommodating human beings on the planet. I mean, just taking my daughter like to go find a water, you know, stopping mid-conversation with whomever he was talking to to go find her a water. I mean... It's just that vibe. And that's what that's what's so special about these six Saturdays a year. And yeah, I didn't want it to end. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I, it was great. It was great seeing Robert, though. I swear to God, if it introduces me to someone as a liberal first thing, one more time, <laughs> I'm going to throw him through a freaking window. Uh, but I had a great Robert is great. Got a shout out to Ned Underwood, by the way. That one is a very, very good. I've been corresponding with for a long time over uh, through my newsletter. And he is a very, very great guy. I was excited to see him. Uh, the, the, definitely uh, yesterday was the most uh, was the most. Wow. I feel like I have not seen you in a year or like that. that it really felt like, like, again, I, it's so funny. You mentioned that. So I, I remember saying, like seeing you and your family and, and, and people come out. I was like, wow, like this is a, this is a vibe. Like we, we have not had like, Hey, just a big social gathering where everybody I know is all like here and talking to one another. It was really, it was just a great vibe. And so the, the game was like, <laughs> what's funny. It made me kind of relieved to have the Georgia, Georgia be this good. Cause if they were about to play Alabama, I'm not remembering like past tailgate. And it's just like you spend the whole time being like, oh my God, this game's gonna be so scary. I don't know what's gonna go happen. Like to have like a game day with all the excitement of it, but not actually be nervous about the game you're about to play. And this is the last thing I want to kind of talk about for, with all the people I was talking to yesterday. Um, I talked I talked to Tiffany and, and Wayne about this as well. There is like we always talked about Munsoning, right? And the idea of being nervous as a Georgia fan and being like always convinced. Ed, uh, Ed Kilgore, who was our preseason guest, talked about this a lot. He's a he's a famous Munsoner. He's always worried that everything's going to fall apart. It's kind of the Georgia thing, right? You always worry that things are going to fall apart. It is remarkable to me how little of that I'm seeing this year. <laughs> like I'm just like people are like, oh yeah, we're we're going to the playoff, and I think we're gonna. I think this is the year. Like the number of people have told me without like saying it and then ducking under a table or like crossing every single thing they have. This is it was remarkable to be a number of people that said to me yesterday. I think this is it. I think this is the year. Now I guarantee you, this is the last year they will ever say that because it either will be the year or they will know better than to ever say it again. But it is, that's the, to me, that has been what's so fun about yesterday and exemplary of the entire year. It is like, it feels stress-free fun so far. And it's going to be, the stress is coming. Stress is definitely coming, but, uh, and we got time for that. But that was what was so fun about yesterday. It was a, it had all the thrills and excitement of a, and all the, of a big game and a game day, but without actually any stress that they were going to lose the game, which may be the platonic ideal of a game day. Hey, speaking of stress, I don't know if you saw, but Florida pick up their third SEC loss mm-hmm. um, as to Tennessee. And I, I mean, th- 
look, the reality is, is like Georgia has not clinched the SEC East yet. Uh, and and I, I am guilty of thinking, oh, okay, when we beat, win this game now, this is kind of done. Uh, you know, they are still crazy things can happen. Um, I, I don't I don't know if you saw what happened last night in Knoxville. I think it bears I think it bears repeating that uh, Lane Kiffin uh, is he, he he took a heel turn and then became face again and it took another heel turn. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the video. He's walking out of the stadium and someone throws a water bottle and he one hand catches it above his head to literally save a fan from a solo police officer. Um, he's, he's the just, best. He's the best man. I, I love. Lane. Yeah, yeah. I, I would hate I for him Lane. to be my coach, but my Agreed. God, college football is better yeah. with him in it. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, we talked about Iowa getting Purdue. Um, I didn't. I, that's not a verb. Look it up. That's the other thing. I'd like to repeat, Illinois not only almost beat Purdue this year, should have beat Purdue this year. Like, Illinois had that game in hand and blew it. The team that just won at Iowa 24-7, in case you're wondering what Georgia would have done to Iowa if they were to play them in the national championship. I'm in as a pejorative. (laughs) (laughs) So, But, you know, it is, uh, Will, getting back to your bigger point, I think you're right. This is a it's fun. I, 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 I've told anyone to listen. I think this is the best Georgia team of my lifetime. In a lot of ways, that 2017 team is a lot like the 1980 team. Uh, you could maybe substitute Roquan for the um, for for Herschel, uh, but the reality is, it's like this is 2017. It felt like nearly every game was a, a little bit of a cliffhanger, right? We're like, oh, well, the path to victory is this, and now we're looking at instead of path to victories of what Georgia has to do to win. Basically, I laid out the scenario on the podcast last week that in order to win, Kentucky has to keep turnovers down and, and, and win the turnover battle, at least negate it, negate that. Run the ball and run so many, many more plays. Control the clock. They did all those things and still lost by uh, so 17 points, right? And um, and frankly, it wasn't that close. So anything you want, and, and again, I, I think it's safe to put Georgia in a whole different class than Kentucky, and that's fine. But let's not forget, Kentucky came in the game 6-0, and uh, number 11 in the nation, uh, and, and was receiving a fair amount of, wow, you know, Kentucky might be the surprise of line ointment. <laughs> and the fact that Georgia continues to go out and do that to quality opponents, um, regardless of what you think about Clemson or anyone else's Georgia played, you we had, and I'm glad you brought up the about when you're clunkers. Yesterday was a clunker, and it wasn't even that close. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's like it's like Georgia has broken Clemson. They broke Arkansas. the The jury's still out on Kentucky. I mean, if they reel off a couple losses, I mean, you'll realize it's the phrase that Tony coined years ago. They steal their hope. You know, that's the Georgia Tech phrase. They steal their hope, and yeah, I look forward to this next week off and just sit back and watch you know, dominoes fall and mainly just, you know, teams that are up in the top 10, probably losing more games. I mean, it's crazy this year that Georgia just is head and shoulders above the rest of the college football world. Um, Not to say that something weird can't happen, but right now, as we've stated in the, in the moment, in the present, it's just really fun to be able to sit back, watch what happened last night with Tennessee. I mean, I, I I took a, I was, it was weird. And I, I guess I'll, I'll mention what I thought about that. I took joy in watching what Matt Corral and Lane Kiffin did to Tennessee. And then I felt really kind of like Tennessee's lost. It's almost like they're the stepchild of the SEC. I mean, their fan base and, and what happened. I mean, I was kind of like angry 
watching all that going down. And it felt like I, I, I did what I, what I do a lot of times. I tuned in the Tennessee Vols, um, I guess, post-game show for, and listened for about 20 minutes. Those people don't care. They don't care. And they're, they're complaining about the spot. It was the correct spot. And, you know, they're, they're poor-mouthing um, the, the backup that came in when Hooker got hurt. They're poor-mouthing him. It was almost like a Reggie Ball-type moment that he had running out of bounds. I don't know what the SEC or the NCAA or whomever is going to do to them, but I, I read Pete Thamel's uh, report uh, on Yahoo this morning, and he suggested that they have to play without fans except 5,000 Georgia fans in Neyland uh, because that'll be their next home game that they have. So that adds another layer of interest, if you ask me. <laughs> I hope for the record, I hope they don't do that. They may do that anyway. Hey. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yes, uh, that, that was, I found it, I found what they did more like, isn't the fact that it happens punishment enough? <laughs> like, isn't yeah. the, like, that yeah. is kind of how I feel like they just have to know that now that like, that is how like, like Kiffin coming, walking out, like after everything that happened with Kiffin at Tennessee and everything else for him to walk out of there and be the obvious clear good guy mm-hmm. in that situation is punishment enough it is <laughs> absolutely thing, punishment right? enough. so yes i think i think that's right so um so yeah so so uh no game next week no no get next week everyone come out and cheer i'll be in the af half if you're in if you're in athens oh, okay uh, you can see me puttering along and my aunt alexa will also be behind me of course uh but uh we'll also be running in the af half. ow uh, but, but, um, uh, uh, we'll, we'll be, the Athens is next weekend. Um, but I, it's, I think I'm kind of ready for a week off. That feels like an ideal yeah. sort of thing, particularly with Florida coming in. I think someone is, I, I, I forget one of someone on, uh, one of the Georgia, Georgia, great, great Twitter, maybe Jim Wood, uh, had a, uh, uh, was going on the Florida message board. And just like drinking in uh, Gator fan tears, specifically the ideas that uh, uh, like someone actually put up. They're like, wow, didn't you remember that time? And everyone's like, man, maybe we want Mullen rather than Kirby. Like, remember those wonderful days of this offseason where Mullen was ending up higher on those coaching lists uh, than Kirby Smart is. Uh, It's a good place to be right now. And I think uh, that'll be an interesting game. It also feels like the last Interesting game, maybe Tennessee, just because of uh, uh, to see uh, uh, um, um, maybe, you know, maybe uh, Kirby will dress up as Lane. That might be fun <laughs> just to go full service. But uh, he 100% should wear a hoodie. Yes. Last <laughs> thing to close out. Here is a moment from the tailgate. I'm sitting at the tailgate and Tony had left. Tony had left already because uh, Tony was calling the dogs and running the law tailgate and uh, basically being the man of, uh, of of power and influence that Tony is. And so we're set up. I'm about to leave. We're saying goodbye to everybody. And Kristen Waller, uh, Tony's lovely wife, says, I, I feel like I just saw Scott on ESPN game day. And of course me, like the mansplainer I am was like, Oh, Kristen, obviously you didn't. We would know about that. Someone will say something. Uh, Do I see anything on Twitter? Nope. Kristen, that's nice. Someone that must've looked as handsome as Scott, but not actually Scott wrong. Scott was on, uh, Scott was on game day this week. Tell us the story of how that happened, Scott. Uh, Yeah. um, About, a month ago, I got an email from a media corporation putting together a commercial for ESPN wanting to know if they could license uh, my Rose Bowl video. And so I was like, sure. You know, they offered some money 
an exchange. And I was like, yep, I'll do that. And then I had to get 26 uh, releases from all the people that were in that video from uh, all my friends and everything. I got all 26 and uh, sent it to them. And I had no idea which clip they were going to use, if they were going to use it at all. And then about 10 a.m. yesterday, I started my I started getting notifications on Twitter from people saying, hey, I think I just saw you on an ESPN commercial. And I was, you know, they were right. You know, my dad texted me. Um, yeah, it was kind of fun, you know, throughout the day. I guess it aired about, I don't know, probably a lot on ESPN family and networks. Uh, even during the Washington State Stanford game, somebody said that they saw it. Um, but yeah, it was just it's a college football lives here type type video uh, commercial. And you know, one of one of the funny things that um, my kids said to me is that my uh, father-in-law gets aggravated sometimes because, you know, you see a commercial and you see it three or four or five times. And he's like, they keep playing this commercial. I was like, maybe now the kids are like, maybe now we will be, or you will be on that commercial that uh, grandpa gets aggravated at seeing way too much. Maybe that's the case. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, uh, Scott has it posted uh, on his uh, Instagram and Scott, you chance do you have a link to that or can we see it somewhere? Cause I looked for it this morning. I was going to retweet it and just couldn't find it. So if you could put it a link, that would be awesome. I think people find that be very interesting. I, I know the actual original video lives on your YouTube page, the Jawabi mm-hmm. films, YouTube page. Uh, it's, it's a really cool, it's a really cool video. And uh, I, when, 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 when Kristen pointed that out, I was like, ah, that's the same as well. I was like, ah, whatever. And that's why I texted you. And then you're he, he like, oh yeah, actually it did. So, I didn't talk to her for a while and, and acted like she was wrong. Uh, <laughs> was yeah. yeah. So do you have, we have the video is, is the video around? Do you have it? Uh, the commercial? Yeah. I don't, I don't have a copy well, of it. Maybe I, I one think, of our listeners. I think it. I got sent something or I'll send it to you. I'll, I'll, I'll okay. send my mail. Yeah. That'll do it. But, uh, but okay. So we're off this week. So we'll be back to preview the Florida game. So enjoy the week off. Come, come, come boo uh, me at the at half and tell my wife to hurry up. Um, and, uh, otherwise, um, uh, have a great week, everyone. This is very, very exciting. Uh, I I could use a week off. Uh, this has been quite a run so far. So I think we could all use a week off, but we got to gear up because this is about to start getting pretty serious. Uh, this year. And, uh, and I think pretty soon, um, I don't know if you've got that hotel for, uh, for the SC championship weekend. I, I wouldn't cancel it. I'd put it that way. Um, otherwise, uh, we will see you all. So enjoy the week off. Enjoy the week off. Listen to those other non-competing, just running on parallel track uh, podcasts until we come back. Probably a little over a week uh, uh, from now. Uh, we'll take the next weekend off. And we'll be back next week. So uh, enjoy the game. Great time. It's great to see everyone. Honestly, the most fun game day experience I've had in a couple of years. So good times all around. Uh, be safe, guys. And hey, go dogs. Go dogs. Thanks so much for listening. Make sure to keep up with us on social media. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. The handle is at WSLS Podcast. And enjoy your off week. Yeah, we're going to enjoy ours and get ready for the cocktail party coming up a week from Saturday. We'll see you on campus next month. And as always, go dogs. <laughs>